By the way, just, can, just a reminder that if you forget miss this message or you're not live streaming, there is uh, ability to get all of the messages preached from here uh, via sermon audio or our webpage, littlesandybaptist.com. You can go on there and you can go on to the sermons on there and sermon audio messages just tag right over there. They're automatically loaded into that. So either place, sermon audio or our littlesandybaptist.com. I encourage you to be out tonight continuing to look at the seventh commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery, The magnif- uh, how to have a happy home, a happy home. Our home is happier now because the three gatos, cats, are now happy with one another. For the most part, they will even sit on the cat tree at the same time, as long as you don't get their spot. However, all things are not continued completely well because I pulled the hair of the little pad on one of the new cat and she immediately, just like that. So I've learned when she's on the cat tree, give her her space. But our household is at more peace than it was a week ago. And so anyway, we are learning to live with Queen Josephine. And so that is her name. And uh, I was warned that she had that attitude when she came. We still took her in. And so there we go. Peace, I leave with you, John fourteen twenty seven. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, reminiscence of fourteen one. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let's pause for just a moment. Heavenly Father, I thank you that in a very tumultuous world, we can have peace with you, as our Savior, and we can have the peace of God as we trust you. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Lord, may we be dwelling there. May you encourage our hearts today. Thank you for the springs of living water, that when we trust in you, we have a life brand new. And we know that because your eye is on the sparrow, you watch over us, and we can have the wonderful peace coming down from above. So may this whole thing encourage our hearts today. Holy Spirit, we can do nothing without you. Please forgive me of sin. Empty me of self. Fill me with the Spirit, please, today. May your word find lodging. And Lord, may our lives be different. May we not only just know what to do, but to do those things. We have those teaching downstairs. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Peace. I was just saw on the news on Friday that there were seven Israeli people killed in a synagogue in Israel on Friday. And the day before, by the way, Friday was the Holocaust Remembrance Day, so no wonder why that happened. And then the day before, though, there were nine Palestinians killed there close to Israel. And so peace, it's an, it's, it's, peace is as elusive as trying to nail jello to a wall. You think you've got one side up and the other four sides, or three sides, sorry, of the rectangle, a trapezoid. The other sides are all hanging down and not where they're supposed to be. Did you know this past week on the article was January 25th, I think it was January 24th of this past week that Elizabeth Weiss, recording for USA Today, said that now the bulletin of the atomic scientist doomsday clock is now moved from 100 seconds to 90 seconds. We are closer to doomsday than we have ever been. The furthest away we were were 17 minutes in 1991 when the Cold War ended, but now we are only 90 seconds from doomsday. What that simply means, they believe that the world conditions are gathering toward a 
complete nuclear meltdown at man's hands. There will be a meltdown at God's hands. We looked at that in Sunday school in 2 Peter chapter 3, 10 and 12, clearly. But God has a plan for all that. So that's the doomsday clock. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. But they, and by the way, before I, before I say too much frivolous about it, Albert Einstein was part of the group that started the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. So they had a, they had a reason for this. Hiroshima, Nagasaki, we're not going to do this again. And so in 1947, they said, we're going to start this. So just remind people, listen, when you get carried away with your bombs, look what happened. And so that's, they had a good purpose in, in that now we look back up. Before we cast too many stones, they just wanted to say, listen, be careful with what you have learned. I also saw from the United Nations website, our the truthful website, I'm sure, there is a guy that says, we can have peace in one hour, an article, peace in an hour across the world, peace in one hour. And the New Internationalist, there are 10 steps to world peace. And I like what this one person said, I'm not sure, she said, in brief, only world peace driven by a recognition of the threat to everybody's survival is the most likely source of salvation for a short-sighted humanity currently not able to see and think beyond the immediate. I like why she characterized our society that she's completely wrong because the only possible peace is with God, when God reigns. Now there is, the in the religious world, there has been the ecumenical movement, uh, over a hundred religions met together. The Pope was the, the head of it, I guess. And they came up with this, a little saying here, peace through compromise, listen to this, this was signed by I think over 100 groups in 2022. We note that pluralism in terms of differences in skin color, gender, race, language, and culture are expressions of the wisdom of God in creation. Now I have to admit, God is very creative, but not like what they're saying. Religious diversity is permitted by God. Okay, he does allow you to think for yourself, but there's but only one way of salvation, but that's not what they're saying. Religious diversity is permitted by God, and therefore any coercion to a particular religion and religious doctrine is unacceptable, end of quote. Now, I can tell you, the Islam world may sign that, but they will rejoice when they go back because we are, we are fooling the infidels. Wait till we get in control. Off with your head, sign on, or off with your head. They are not about a peaceful transition to anywhere but to Islamic rule. And we have, somehow we've gotten this idea that Islam is peaceful. And we can just, we can just let it, Islam is not peaceful. It may be for a time, it's not. How about the World Economic Forum? Do you even know what the World Economic Forum is? Klaus Schwab, do you even know? It's the Great Reset people. It's the people behind trying to change our whole world. You wonder why our gas stoves are going to be eventually cast aside because they are too problematic. Do you even know what I'm talking about? I trust that you do. They want to rule that our gas stoves are going to be not. And, and there are already some states already making plans to eliminate gas stoves. We're going to take over whatever we can, the, the group that wants to take over, and we're going to take over all parts of your society to take over. The Great Reset will lower the population. Now, we'll be in charge, mind you, but we're going to make it, you're going to not have anything and be happy with it. That is the goal by 2030, is that you will not have anything. Now, you, you, Pastor, go read. It's, they're not hiding it. 
You can find the pictures. You can find the World Economic Forum. It's the rich people who, who gather together to, to determine how the world's going to be operated. Read for yourself. I'll tell you, the peace that they want to bring will not be peaceful. The only way peace comes is when the Prince of Peace rules. Can I just tell you this morning, if you don't know the Prince of Peace, you can. You can not only have peace with God, you can have the peace of God as you together. There's turmoil, both public and personal, in the reality of this fallen world. We know that from a book called Lessons in History by Will and Ariel Durant. They said that there is such unrest is perhaps most clearly seen in the international level of nations clash against each other in war. Some time ago, historians calculated, they said, that in the previous 3,500 years, the world has seen less than 300 years of peace. It has been estimated that in the last five and a half millennia, or 5,500 years, more than 8,000 peace treaties have been broken, and more than 14,000 wars fought, with a combined total of about 4 billion casualties. Even though they say there have been always the illusions of global peace, the world continues to be unsuccessful in the effort to pursue the elusive goal. The world wants peace. It was the, the We Are the World in 1985. You remember the USA for Africa song, We Are the World, We Are His Children. And that, and that part of that was, I think, peaceful. And there's been a lot of movements to, to develop peace around the world. I'm telling you, they're going to fail. They're going to fail. The concept of peace, as you well know, is much broader than just the realm of international social harmony. By the way, if you're getting peaceful, there's a large anti-Semitic movement abroad in our world today. Anti-Semitism has been a part of history since Abraham became the first Israelite ever. Look at Ishmael and Isaac. From the get-go, Ishmael had 12 sons, 12 children, 12 sons of Jacob, etc. There's been an animosity, Satan hates God, Satan hates God's children. And Satan hates Israel. And so there's always going to be that. Now, peace fills our conversations. People seek peace and quiet to be refreshed from the chaos of life. I love peace and quiet. I had this last Friday, two days ago, at my office. I was the only one in my whole entire wing. It was glorious. So quiet. Oh. Oh, so quiet. We are told to make peace with our past. If you want to retaliate, you're told to hold your peace. We expect the local law enforcement officers to keep the peace, and I'm thankful for them because they, the law enforcement officers save you from a law you don't even know about. They take care of things you don't even, and we should be thankful for them and praying for them consistently. They keep the peace. I'm so thankful for them. And, stop, and we even have, at the end of life, we even call it, he is resting in peace. He's, is that not say R.I.P.? Does that not rest in peace? That, so peace pay, plays a large part of our society. It's become so profound that resting in peace is a synonym for death. That's how profound it is. He's, he's resting. When you say that, may your soul rest in peace. I just saw was that the Friday evening someone sent me a picture of Michael Staker, and at the very bottom it said R.I.P. That's what the, rest in peace. 
tragic, a tragic ending. Uh, so unusual. Sadly, when people pursue peace their entire lives, they're going to be left with no peace because they have the wrong ideal. They are looking for in temporary, like social change, economic stability, and some recreational experiences or, that they're always disappointing. Only God's word can authoritatively point to the relationship that produces lasting peace. One of the most important theological terms, Old Testament, is shalom. 250 times the word shalom, Hebrew word for peace. It can be a greeting in Judges 19, and the old man said, peace with thee. It can be used like as in modern Hebrew to describe an absence from strife. And Abimelech and Isaac's men were striving, and it says in Genesis 26, thou wilt, uh, thou, that thou wilt do us no hurt, as we have not touched thee, as if we had done unto thee but good, and have sent thee away in peace. We're going to depart peacefully. The absence of strife in nations. Solomon, reign, 1 Kings 4, 4. And he had peace on all sides around about him. I was reading recently in Second Chronicles, and I thought if I lived in any era of Israelite history, I would have lived in Solomon's era. Huge borders. They had gold like it was stones on the, on the pavement. And they, had, and, they had, uh, and they had peace. And they could thrive, were thriving. They were the greatest nation in the area. When David in and the Solomon's reign, if I were going to live in Israel, I might have chosen those, that era to live. Shalom can also mean absence of strife between God and man. Isaiah 85, 8. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people. Do you want peace? Yes, I want peace. I want peace in the world. But I can tell you this from the short life I have lived, that peace only comes when you know the God of peace. And a lot of Christians, even though they've had the peace with God now, don't have the peace of God because they don't allow him to to rule and reign in their lives. And and we're just not trusting him. That he knows. I was reading this book. You will hear from this book much about this book about Job and how that he says this one quote, affliction is not the abnormal. Affliction is the normal. It's not like the affliction comes, oh, where did that? No, affliction is the normal. We have got to learn how to deal with that and let God be God. And he brings things into our lives, and he said rarely does he bring it for only one purpose. He brings things into our lives for a multiplicity of purposes to where maybe you can minister. He has seven things you're to do when you're comforting people who've lost. It's worth the book just for this. And you'll hear those later on, maybe about a year from now. Uh, you will hear those. I told Stephanie, this should be preached to every pastor's fellowship across America. How we help those who are grieving. And he said, one thing struck me, he said, it's not about your feelings, it's about their needs. And the best thing you can do sometimes, pastor, he said, is to be absent. There are some times when the best thing you can do is be absent and pray. People just sometimes need some space. And please don't go and start quoting these pithy verses. that They already have thought about the, John, the Romans 8.28 already. Now it is true, but sometimes... You know, they're grieving and those things, it comes across as you're trying to give a pat answer. We don't know the answers. We don't have all the answers. 
And we don't know all the answers. Sometimes people just need you to listen. Sit and listen. That was not part of the message. We'll continue on back to the rabbit trails off. We're back on the main line. This matter of sense is this matter of peace is hallmark to the messianic kingdom. And Psalm 29, the Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Aren't you looking forward to the millennial kingdom where we'll have peace and the lamb and the lion lay down together, even the millennial kingdom? And you can put your hand in the, the rattlesnake's hole and it doesn't bite you. I can't imagine that not happening, but. The God says it's going to happen. The child can walk across the adder's hole and not be bitten. That's going to be an amazing thing. And then we go to the eternal kingdom. Wow. What God has planned for us is spectacular. And yet we allow this, this earth to drag us down so far. Oh, woe is me. I'm a Christian. Yes, I got to go to church today. And I just don't know what's going to happen today. If pastor speaks too long, I tell you, my roast is going to be burned in the crock pot. It'll be so tough, we'll have to get a chainsaw to cut it in pieces. I tell you, if it, it goes too long. Isaiah said, nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn or study. Ain't going to study war no more. Won't that be amazing? It will be. The shalom also speaks of personal peace, not merely in the negative sense of absence of trouble or conflict, but positively in the completeness or wholeness or contentment. Do you have peace, welfare, harmony, uh, uh, prosperity, fulfillment? It's one of the blessings that flows from your right relationship with God. Can you have the peace? Yes, true peace does not depend on circumstances of life, but lives above those. Webster defines peace as a state, not an attitude, but a condition of one's heart, of stillness and serenity, of freedom from disquieting, agitating, anxious thoughts, and a condition of harmony in relationships. The Greek word for peace is irene. It's E-I-R-E-N-E. Now we call it like serene. We get our word serene and the Greek is pronounced irene. 92 times, New Testament. It means to, to join or bind together that which has been broken, divided, or separated. It's the root word for our English word again, serene, free of storms or disturbance, calm. It pictures the binding or joining together again of that which has been separated, the result being that the separated parts are set at one again. What has been two is now one again. That's the peace. Talking with someone yesterday, and they mentioned just scripturally, it's the, we don't understand it. It's God gives us peace, and it's the peace that passes understanding. Hebrews 4, I mean, Philippians 4. That's what it is. How can they have peace in that? Only God. That's what you can say, God. What one lexicon defines New Testament word for peace as a tranquil state of a soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort it is. Paul said, not that I speak in respect of what I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be Content. Oh, can you say that? Are you content? Are you content? Paul remained calm amidst a shipwreck. In prison, shipwreck, stone, bitten by a sneaky snake. Paul remained calm in all those instances. Why? Because he knew the God of the calmness. He knew the God of peace. 
Some languages, the word for peace means to be without trouble, to have no worries, to sit down in one's heart. Peace is, is to most people, means the absence of war or absence of strife or quarrels or disagreement or hostilities or unrest. I was reading on one uh, Columbia College of Arts, South America, politically correct definition of peace. It's freedom or free from persecution due to one's nationality, race, immigration status, political affiliation, religious beliefs, or lack thereof, or sexual preference. That's what peace is, free from persecution for any of those or sundry reasons. That's their idea of peace. But it's incomplete. Because true peace is much more than the absence of conflict. It is the peace of one's heart and soul. You're a Christian, and you go out and you knowingly sin. There, the God will just take, but they'll squeeze on you. Does he not do that? Convicts your heart. I've got to get this right with somebody. God first, and that person second. Or maybe it's just between you and God. He squeezes your heart. And praise the Lord for that squeeze, because that's the Holy Spirit telling you to straighten up. The convicting. Armed with an inadequate definition, unbelievers are incapable of finding peace. They do not understand even what they are looking for because you must know the Prince of Peace to know true peace. So we're ready. That was the introduction. The sending of peace. Thank you for that one amen there. Thank you for that one amen. Maybe there's more than one. Thank you. Uh, by the way, I, I listened to pastors preach for a half hour. No, that was the introduction, so I've only preached 20 minutes. Uh, the sending of peace. We, will, we have only got four points, and we can do this. Peace I leave with you in 1427. The objective peace has to do with a person standing before God. I am at peace. I have, I'm at peace with God because I have received him as a very own personal Savior. Involve repentance. I repented of my sin. Ask him to be my Savior. Have you done that? If you haven't done that, you need to do that today. Why? Michael Staker was not planning on following down the steps in his house this past week and hitting his head on the wall. Just two weeks ago, my wife almost fell down our steps. It could have been her. You need to be ready today. When you walk out this door, if something would happen on the way home, I pray that it doesn't. hope it doesn't. You need to be ready. So objectively, you have peace with God. Subjectively, the believer's resulting experience of peace in everyday living. We live in peace today. Can you put your head on your pillow tonight? Move the cat off. Put your head on the pillow and have peace that if God comes in the night, that you are ready. You can only have that peace if you know Christ as personal Savior. And it's a real thing. The peace of God's a real, it's not some kind of, oh, oh, I just can't. No, it's real. But you must Dwell in the secret place of the Most High. It doesn't come like, well, I think, you know, I'd like to buy, I'm going to the grocery store, I'm going to buy apple, orange, and peace. But those, it, it just takes, you, it's a little bit of W-O-R-K. You must spend time with the Master if you want the peace from the Master. Since the rebellion of, of Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, the human race has been at war with God. All violate his law and deny his glory, etc. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there's no neutral ground. But pastor, I'm working on it. Listen, there's no neutral ground. Jesus said, he that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth. You can't, there's no neutral. You're either going backwards or forwards. Listen, in your Christian life, if you're not progressing in your Christian life, you're backslidden. Pastor's backslidden. If he is not progressing in his Christian walk, don't want to hear it. I'm just telling you, it's simple. Well, I'm just sort of I'm treading water. No, 
no, and no. Now, the truth is, humanity hates God. Lost, unregenerate man, the Bible says in John 15, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. And it does. The animosity toward Christian things, toward God's word, toward missionaries, just look around. For all that is in the world, John says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. What a wonderful promise. All who part of the world system cannot have the peace with God. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be the friend of the world is the enemy of God. So when you're dabbling in the world's things and think you can sort of cross and walk on the fence, a little bit of world, a little bit of it doesn't work that way. You're only going to fool yourself. I can almost tell you, and what I've watched in my period of life, is almost every time you fall on the world, Christians fall on the world side. They do. I'm going to play footsie in the world, and footsie with the, and you almost always fall on the world side. Don Richardson, in 1962, he and his wife Carol and their infant son Steve moved to West Papua. Now, we would call it New Guinea. Now it's Indonesia. Matter of fact, my mom and dad went with, uh, to Bible school with Bob and Joyce Cutting, who also went to New Guinea in that same era. Richardson's, as you may know the story, they went to Swahi tribe, S-W-S-A-W-I. And they brought their infant son with them. And they, that was, by the way, when they brought their infant son, that was a great thing in the culture of that era. They started, they started telling the story about who Jesus was. And they realized the Swahili tribe interpreted the story of Jesus. And Judas was the, he was the hero because he was the betrayer. So they put most things on betraying. Matter of fact, they would lure other village members, uh, other villages to their village treat them like royalty, and then they would kill them and eat them. Now, by the way, I was just thinking, I told my wife yesterday, if we are, if we are just elevated animals, why does eating humankind make everybody go, Ugh! every other animal can eat its own kind if it needs to without compunction, but we, eating another human being, and rightfully so, it's called the Imago Dei. The image of God. We were made in the image of God. There's something different. And we know, the world knows, if you've been trained, if outside of your little tribe, it is wrong to eat another human being. That's just, we did it in Bible times, I know. But we are not just elevated animals. We are made in the image of God. You see what I'm saying? If we're just animals, then you might be looking ahead, having me for lunch. I know it sounds crazy. I've got a lot of fat on me too. You could have like a really, wow, you just get pastored. Someone could shoot him and we could, and, you're, and we're all, I guess, humorous. If we're animals, that's what they do. That's just what they, we're not animals. So please never bow to that thinking. Back over on the main spur, we are again. The Richardsons had, but what happened was, is the tribes were arguing over who gets to have the Richardson missionaries in their tribe. And they were fighting and fighting, fighting, and finally said, if you don't get this settled, we're leaving, missionaries told them. And after that, one of the chiefs brought their child to another village and let that, that village raise his child. 
And as long as that child was with the other village, he was called the peace child. And a follow-up to that, Steve Richardson, who was the baby in 1962, has gone back. He said, when they first went to the Swai tribes in, New, in, in Indonesia, New Guinea, very few had heard the gospel. Now very few have not heard the gospel because Carol and Mr. Rich, Don Ritten, Carol Richardson stayed put. And they used that peace child to share how Jesus is the peace child for mankind. And the tribes were changed. Because of that. The sacrifice of Christ to satisfy God's holiness was necessary. And there could be no peace between a sinful man and a holy God without the righteousness of Christ being availed for us. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. The objective peace of justification. We've been made just as if we had never sinned. Results in an experiential peace and the peace of God which passes understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's the peace. When you know the Prince of Peace, you can have peace and you can experience peace. The word keep there is like a referee or to, to watch over, if you would. It keeps us, I'm sorry, not, not word referee, but to watch over. It protects us from fear and distress. For the kingdom of God is not meant and not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, etc. Galatians 5. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Great peace have they which love they love lie all, and nothing shall offend them. Psalm 119, 165. So the sending of peace, the source of peace in 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, because God's peace, He can give it, He gives us His peace. The very blessing of the Christian life is to have the peace with God and then to have the peace of God. All three persons. Involved in the Trinity, give us peace. We find in Romans 1, 1 Corinthians 1, 3, grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. They are giving us their peace we can have as we trust him. Even in very, and I know some of you are going through, have gone, or will be going through difficult times. We can have the peace of God as we rely upon him. Amy Carmichael, the, the mission, woman missionary in India, said this, the peace of Jesus stood it withstood every sort of test, every strain, and it never broke. It is this, his very own peace, which he says, I give. And Moody said, careful for nothing, prayerful in everything, and thankful for anything. That should be us. Full of care for nothing, prayerful for everything, and thankful in anything. That should be us. So the sending of peace, the source of peace. How about the state of peace in 27 not as the world giveth, give I unto you. In the truest sense, again, no real peace is found in the world. There are those seeking peace. Godless people in a godless world are by nature enemies of God. Matter of fact, it says in Isaiah 48, 22, There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. Same writer, 57, 21. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. They cannot have peace. Oh, but I've seen them. I've seen them, Pastor Tim. They have all these wonderful things and they're living high, wide, and handsome, but do they have the peace of God? I'm asking you. Do you know where you're going when you leave this world? Do you know? You can know. Absent from the body. 
present with the Lord. We know how it ends. I've read the last, I've read the, I read the book. I know who wins. I know how, I have not been to heaven yet. I am looking forward to going. Are you not looking forward to going to heaven? Amen, Pastor. We are looking forward to heaven. Please don't get your roots so deep down here that you cannot see beyond here to the world to come. Thomas Watson, the Puritan, said, The seeming peace a sinner has is not from the knowledge of his happiness. It's out of the ignorance of his danger. A sinner does not have peace out of the knowledge of his happiness. He has peace only because of the ignorance of the danger he is in. Moody says a great many people are trying to make peace, but that has already been done. God has not left it for us to do. All we have to do is enter into it by grace through faith. Repent of your sin and ask him to save you from those sins. And he comes in. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, I can tell you, I believe with all my heart, I can preach to you this morning and say, if he's knocked on your heart, you can come. Come. I'm preaching. For he died for the world that we might have, the world might have life. Does everybody trust him? No, we understand that. But it's available. For God so loved the world that he gave. Even the strongest Calvinist by which the uh, name of his theological persuasion is given said that the world means all the world. John Calvin said that himself. The world in John 3.16 means all the world. Not just a class, not just a group, not just a whatever. The world's peace is, an own, world's peace is only an illusion. And we're, we're just got a minute for the ascending of peace, the source of peace, the state of peace, and how about the seeking of peace let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. After promising to give the disciples peace, he repeated his command that they are not to let their heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because he's leaving. They're going to be on their own. For us, he says to us, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Don't be fearful because we're walking. The Spirit empowers us to serve, to trust, to live. To live in the anguish over the past, the anxiety concerning the present, or the apprehension about the future is to fail to appropriate, to secure the peace that God gives us. Someone sent me just this past week, if you can't do anything about it, then let it go. Don't be a prisoner to the things you cannot change. We're to be careful, full of care for nothing. God has forgiven the past, provided for the present, and guaranteed the future. Paul said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. We're going to go on. We're going to go on. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That's the referee there, the umpire. Let it be ruling our hearts. Christians, I believe, who live in unrepentant sin forfeit the experience of peace. Why would you say that, Pastor? Well, David wrote. Remember, he lived a year between sin with Bathsheba and confessing. When I was silent, or I kept, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Selah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah, there. What do you think of that? Selah, a musical interlude to meditate upon what he just said. Thou 
forgave us the iniquity of my sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you still sin, Christian? Yes. I'll say it for us all. We do sin, but we have been forgiven. But that what happens, my, I'm still his child, no matter if I sin or not, but my fellowship wanes when I sin. My relationship is always the same. I'm his child. But my fellowship with God, when I allow sin in my life, it wanes. And if you can live... You say you're a Christian, but you can live in open, unconfessed sin without any guilt. You need to be saved. That's my personal opinion. John would say that same thing in 1 John. If you, if you can live openly and disobeying God's commands and not feel any guilt or remorse, you need to get right with God and be saved. A peace that prevails. Charles Wesley wrote, I rest beneath the Almighty's shade. My griefs expire. My troubles cease. Thou, Lord, on whom my soul is stayed, would keep me still in perfect peace. Thou will keep me, thou will keep in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. That's the ticket. But it's costly in the sense that you must know the Master. To know his peace. Let's pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Please. Thank you for your attention today. I appreciate that so much. Lord, help us as we think about these words. Lord, I pray if even one person under the sound of my voice in any capacity today or down the road does not know his personal Savior, does not have the peace that passeth understanding, Lord, it is available. But it is only available in your son, Jesus Christ, who is the single way to have that peace and to glory. And Lord, if we as Christians, if we forfeited that peace by not following you and allowing sin into our lives, maybe confess that sin. Maybe get right with you. Maybe be people of the book like the Bereans of old in, in, in Acts chapter 17. Search the scriptures daily. Lord, we're going to hearts and lives. If there is a need this morning, may we respond. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen.